Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We continue on a lovely Monday afternoon. We have uh, Kevin Woodley coming up in the five o'clock hour. Hey, the orders. Look at the goaltenders. They're going to say Alex Lyon is on fire with the Detroit Red Wings this season. In 22 games, he has a 921 save percentage. In the other 28 starts between James Reimer and Billy Huso, they have an 893 save percentage. And they're allowing combined almost .7 goal per game more than uh, Alex Lyon. So uh, he's going to face the orders tomorrow night. The Red Wings are 10-2-2 in their last 14. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Edmonton Orders. be a good test. Then you got the Blues who are rolling, uh, the Dallas Stars. So uh, we'll get a little uh, scouting report from the goalies this week from uh, Kevin Woodley. We'll get uh, Mark Spector and more. But first, we get to our big guest of the day, uh, brought to you by the Junior Prospects Hockey League, an academy-style approach for you 14, you 15, and you 18 players with a focus on skill development and education. Learn more at juniorprospectshockeyleague.com. As uh, we are joined, as we are uh, every Monday at this time, from uh, CBS, CBC Sports, and uh, One Soccer, Andy Petrillo. Andy, good afternoon. How are you? I'm great. Um, as you can see, I'm a little sideways here because I'm actually in a little bit of a getaway here at a spa. Oh, so, nice. Uh, yes, my background's a little different. Had a wonderful day. You know, I, I feel like every time you're at a spa, it's basically nature water therapies and uh, fire pits so i've been doing that all day and now i'm getting ready for dinner but first we got to talk a little soccer with you my friend all right well um lots to uh, to talk about i guess let's first of all um uh, a crappy loss for the forge um uh, uh, three to one yeah. this uh, this past week yeah it was a tough one and, and, and i mean i don't want it so i have conflicting feelings right because a lot of times when people are like well listen you're taking on chivas obviously this is a strong team and the mexican side and They've obviously had their season started. They're going to get going. So clearly they're going to be the better team, the dominant team. And I get all that. But there is a part of me that's also kind of done with the defeatist attitude. Like Forge has been around a long time. This is a four-time champion in the CPL. This is a team who's played in multiple tournaments and has experience. And I really, I really, really thought that they could at least get away with a draw. And they did manage at one point to tie it up 1-1. Taryn Campbell had this beautiful goal. Uh, assisted by Tristan Borges. So even though Chivas struck first, and it was like in the 20-something minutes, so Forge yeah. was definitely holding on, and uh, and then they tie it up. But then, you know, the, Chivas was just too much for them, and they took it away, 3-1. Those are three away goals, because remember, in soccer, that does matter. Yeah. Now they're going to go back to Mexico. It's going to be really tough. I mean, it's done. Like, I mean, I... I know you should never say anything's done in the world of sports, right, Jason? But I, I think it's done for Forge. I think the tournament's done. They have to play their second leg tomorrow. Um, but it was it was a little bit of a disappointing showing. I just maybe I expected a little bit more, even though if I'm going to be a realist, that team, the Chivas side, was definitely stronger. Now, what's up with Tristan Henry, the number one goalkeeper, being out? Well, and that that's a real kick in the pants, isn't it, right? Because you already feel like you're not at full squad so you're already a team that your season hasn't started yet even though you've relied on a ton of training and now your number one goalkeeper is gone so he has not even reported to camp yet what we're hearing is that there is a bit of um a contract slash trade dispute it's sounding like he wanted to make a move to a team in the united states a usl team 
uh, in Memphis. He is under contract one more year with Forge, so it is worth noting that Forge has every right to turn around and say, listen, this is a two-time Canadian goalkeeper of the year, four-time CPL champion. They want money for yeah. Jason, right? Like they, they're asking this this team for money. Well, USL teams don't exactly have a lot of money. It's not really, you know, the precedent hasn't really been set there either for them to pay big money. So, you know, they turned around and said, well, sorry, but we can't take him. That, of course, upset Tristan Henry. He feels, and it's not like it's anything against Forge. And from what I also understand, Tristan loves Bobby Smyrniotis, but he's been with Bobby between the CPL and Sigma, uh, you know, the, the development league. He's been with Bobby for nine years. And I just mentioned his credentials, right? Like, Two-time goalkeeper of the year, four-time champ. He wants a new challenge. He wants to move on. So why not just ask for a trade then? Because well, and I think I think that's what he wants. Except Forge is asking for too much money for him. Okay. And no, and and at least this one team in the USL is not willing to pay it. And and we do know that he wants to make a move to the states. Uh, That's apparently a big deal for Tristan is to get to the states. Um, So yeah, it's a bit it's a bit sticky right now. Hopefully they get to work it out because I mean that's your top goalkeeper, and you want him between the. I mean he's not going to play in that game against Chivas. He's out for this tournament, but hopefully for the start of the CPL season, they've either resolved it to your point about trading him, or you know they figure something out and he's back between the sticks. Andy Petrillo joins us. Andy, uh, what about uh, Alistair Johnson? Uh, Another injury blow for the Canadian men's national team. He's got like a fractured. uh, jaw i think or side of his face i'm not sure what the actual diagnosis is but what's the chances of you know him and alfonso now both of them yeah so alfonso as we reported a couple weeks ago has that knee injury they said he should be good to go for this you know again our the circle in the calendar is march 23rd that he should be good to go and now alistair johnson it was a nasty collision of heads uh, in his game he plays over in scotland and his you know the coach said he had a fracture at the side of the head um, our good friend Josh Cloak, who follows the men's national team as well and writes for the Athletic, he's like, here, it's a fractured jaw. So it sounds like they're both going to be able to play in the game March 23rd. But like anything, Jason, their game conditioning then is gone, right? Yeah. So they'll, they'll be ready in time, it sounds like it, but they're not playing. They can't right. actually you know, be in game shape. And for that game on March 23rd, the one and done against Trinidad and Tobago to qualify for Copa America, you have to be able to hit that ground running. So these are two key players. Alfonso plays up front, who has the ability to contribute offensively. And Alistair Johnson, you know, who typically plays in that right-back role, your defender, you know, had a really good iron streak as well going for the national team. I mean, yeah, that's a real blow to have them not be playing games and just not be in game shape for March 23rd. So good news, I guess, that it sounds like they're going to be ready, but really bad news that, you know, my question is what kind of shape are they going to be in? What about uh, Tejon Buchanan and uh, Inter Milan? Um, Really hasn't been featured yet. Any cause for concern? I think so. Again, I just finished talking about how important it is to be in game shape, and this guy has not seen a minute of play. This was... A big deal. And I still I don't want to take away from how big a deal this is, right? Canadian national, the first ever to be playing in Sidia A. This is a massive move for him. It is 100% a step up from playing with Club Bruges in Belgium. And I also don't want to take away the fact that he is practicing with elite players. That experience alone is helping his game. It's a wonderful environment to be in. But again, Is he playing? No. And Tejon Buchanan is a huge feature for the national team. He's the opposite side of Alfonso Davies. Alfonso typically plays that left wing back role. 
Tejon Buchanan is that right wing back. The guy is so speedy. And he also already at such a young age understands that he's got to haul it back defensively. He already understands that, right? Because oftentimes young players, let's be honest, they cherry pick a little bit. They want the goals. But he understands his defensive responsibilities as well. And I, I again, yeah, like for sure I'm concerned. And here's here's what kind of bothers me, Jason, is, you know, Inter Milan was like, great player, love him. But, you know, what's kind of holding him back right now is the language barrier. He doesn't speak Italian. So he's got a, um, you know, personal instructor there to, to help him learn the language. But I'm also kind of calling a little bit of BS yeah. on that. Right? Like, sport is a universal language. Yes. Don't get me wrong if you're talking tactics, whatever. But also, Tejon speaks English. Like, that's kind of the universal language. So get someone to just explain it to him. But here's the thing, Jason. As someone of Italian heritage, I can tell you all he needs to know is sinistra, left. Destra, right, and avanti, which means start running. That's it. <laughs> and you'll be good to go. Right? So I, I'm kind of calling BS on that, and I do worry. I want to see him play. Yeah, no, I think that's totally fair. Like, look at look at major leagues of baseball, how many different languages there are in, in, the, in the clubhouse nowadays. Uh, the NHL is that European player. Is a language barrier difficult at times? 100%. But... You, uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the Italians can speak English. So it, it's not like you couldn't convey it to them uh, if you need to. Uh, I want to get yeah, here. And Italians speak with their hands. Yeah. So when you see a lot of this happening, yeah. you know exactly where to go. Yeah. Run here. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Draw it up on the board. It's not hard. Hey, this is where we want you to go. Ball's here. You go there. Okay. Done. Exactly. Great. Uh, Brett, Bev Priestman, uh, announced her, uh, gold club, uh, cup roster. What, yeah. uh, what are your thoughts? Any surprises? Any, any changes that, uh, Andy Petrillo's roster would have had? <laughs> no surprises whatsoever. Um, first ever camp, right? No, uh, no Christine St. Clair. Uh, but a, a lot of the usual suspects are there. Um, you know, Clarissa Larissa, uh, Clarissa Laracy, who really, you know, uh, made an impression on the team as coming back from injury. So she appears to be ready to go. Um, yeah, it's your usual suspects. Jesse Fleming's going to be in that middle. Um, you know, Desiree Scott as well. Will, uh, sorry, Desiree Deanne Rose will be ready to go as well. Desiree Scott, this one, am I surprised? No. Does it break my heart? Yes. So she got the call for the pre-camp, but of course does not make the final 23-player roster. And she's coming back from injury. This mm -hmm. is a veteran. Yeah. And this is one of those, Jason, where you kind of just like, you look at a player and you just wonder, you know, you want to see them go out on top. She's given so much to the national team. She's been around forever. Same kind of, you know, years that Christine Sinclair has put in. And you want to see somebody go out gracefully mm -hmm. and it's just a little heartbreaking that you know she's missed the she missed the world cup she missed the olympic qualifier everything because she was dealing with an injury she fights her way she's you know just signed a new deal as well she's still playing pro with the nwsl and i just i think she really just wants one last go with this national team so i understand why bev is like listen i only have limited spots in that midfield i'm, I'm not taking you i'm i'm, I'm t i've turned the page I'm going younger. So that was a bit heartbreaking. Uh, disappointing, and it's not that it's anybody's fault, but it's disappointing that Janine Becky's um, recovery yes. from ACL hasn't been as quick as we thought because she started training really in September. We saw these videos of her. She was out of the pitch. She was training. She was with the team. And apparently she's just still not ready to go. So that's uh, heartbreaking for her disappointing as a national team uh, fan because that that is somebody you really need on that wing that is somebody who can provide offense and I just feel for her 
because it feels like it's taking a while with that ACL. Well, but uh, other than that, no surprises. Yeah, like they really need her for the Olympics. I don't think there's any there's any doubt about that. Yeah, hundred percent. You lose Christine Sinclair and then she's not there. Like who's scoring goals? Yeah, well, exactly. And I mean, you have uh, obviously you have other players who have been, yeah. you know, like I just mentioned, you also have these, uh, Chloe Lacasse, and you have uh, Clarissa Laracy, like I mentioned before, and then you uh, have Adriana Leon, Jordan Heidema, but you're right. There was something about, so here's the thing, Michelle Prince, her service, top notch on that wing, but she's really kind of been that, that one, Michelle Prince, Ashley Lawrence, they've been really good, that tandem. Like Janine Becky, now imagine you throw in that third, you really become lethal. So I, you know, Yes, I, I feel like they're filling gaps, but it's one of those where you want her on the team, right? Like more than you don't. So I think that's somebody who you could really, if you, if you move Ashley Lawrence to the left and you have Janine Becky on the right, you're going to get incredible service from both sides of the pitch to whoever's playing in the middle, whether it's Nichelle Prince, whether it's Adrian Leon, Jordan Heidema, whoever it may be, whatever formation Bev Priestman wants to play. So yeah, I mean, Really a, a bummer. She's not going to be good to go for Gold Cup, but you're right. My goodness, she has to be there for the Olympics. Uh, I would say um, Clarissa Larissa is much uh, better of a, a tongue twister. That should be, no. that's what you should use now. Clarissa Larissa, <laughs> like it just, it no, flows way better. It flows way no. better. Yes. No, no, it's it's Clarissa Larissa. I know, I know, yeah. but but you <laughs> said Clarissa Larissa at first, and I and then you kind of, and I'm like, no, 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 Clarissa Larissa. That's what we got to go with now. <laughs> Talk to her about it. Like that's a killer name. She'll be killing yeah, that's it. That's her name. Just sounds that's like it from more now on. from now yeah. on. Like on on one sock, I just call her that. She'll laugh. That to me is golden. Like that's a classic. <laughs> Oh, so good. It would just be great, yeah. uh, great in the uh, game. Now, I did, uh, one of my, uh, buddies, Brownies, big into rugby said, just so you know, the, uh, the Italian, uh, national rugby team is coached by an Englishman. So, uh, he chew is agreeing with you that he doesn't buy the, uh, oh, the, the language barrier for Tejon. So. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and, and again, like, and this, this also, I mean, this is a, a bigger topic of, of conversation, right? Because we are so excited to see our players go and play over in Europe. I mean, we just had this conversation last week. Like, Jesse Fleming was losing her playing time. As wonderful as it is to say she plays for Chelsea, yeah. you have to have minutes. Jordan Heidema was the same thing. She was playing for PSG, getting, like, very few minutes. So she's back now with the NWSL. We just talked about Richie Larea a few weeks ago. We were so ecstatic when he made the move over to Nottingham Forest. He's not getting any minutes, right? No. This guy right now is in purgatory. So there's all this excitement. But sometimes you got to be careful what you wish for because even though you make a move, um, it, you end up sitting on a bench. Yeah. And how does that really progress your career? So it's always risky. I'll never begrudge a player for taking that risk, taking that chance. But you you got to have a really good agent to work out some out clauses or something, 100%. right? Because you don't want to be stuck. No, very very well said, Andy. Uh, enjoy the spa, and uh, we'll talk to you Thanks. next Monday. See you later. All right, there you go, uh, Andy Petrillo from. Uh, CBC and One Soccer. Uh, we'll return. Jason Greger, Connor Halley, the birthday boy, the con man. It's his birthday today. Uh, what would he, uh, con? What do you, uh, what, like, if you had one birthday dinner food, like, what is, uh, what, like, does your mom still make your birthday dinner? Uh, is, is it <laughs> Ashley now? Like, what, what happens for, uh, the birthday boy? Well, uh, my parents are actually in Maui for my birthday. Oh, so, perfect. yeah, not taking care of me this year. Uh, we're going out for a steak dinner tonight. Ooh, yeah, so I'm looking okay. forward to that after the show. Oh, nice. Classy. Classy. I like it. Uh, quick break. We'll return to the Gregor Show on Sports 1440, live in Orders Nation YouTube, presented by PlayAlberta.ca.
Oh, that is such a good riff right there, baby. I love it. Welcome back. Jason Greger showing Sports 1440. Motors Nation YouTube and Facebook. A little uh, tragically hip for you. Thanks, as always, for joining us, uh, listening. Sports 1440 on the app. Of course, at sports1440.ca. You're watching the show on uh, YouTube or Facebook. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Lots of interaction today, which is fantastic. As uh, Now we're going to get to the uh, golf report brought to you by Action Electrical. And, uh, hey, take action. You only got a few weeks left because the, uh, the government for the last few years offered you a $5,600 grant. For anybody who wanted to get uh, solar on the residence, many of you took advantage of it, saved a lot of cash. Well, that ends at the end of February. So go to actionelectrical.net. They can help set you up so you ensure to get your free money because once it's gone, it's gone. Can't get it back. And you'll probably still want the solar. So do it now. Plan ahead. Actionelectrical.net. And, uh, man, it was quite the weekend in uh, sports. Of course, you had uh, some order games. You had, of course, the uh, Super Bowl yesterday. And, man, if you were watching the Super Bowl at the same time like we were down the first round, of course, you had the uh, Phoenix uh, Waste Management open, and uh, it was quite the finish. Uh, Nick Taylor, who, of course, ended the drought last year for Canadians at the Canadian Open, birdies five of his last six holes, two of them, were uh, uh, playoff holes, and uh, he birded the 18th three in a row to win. It was an unbelievable performance. Uh, Mark Sacchino from Golf Talk Canada joins us. And Mark, man, birding five of six down the stretch to make up a a three-shot deficit. That was one of the most clutch comebacks I've seen in a long time. Yeah, Nick is starting to uh, definitely kind of put his fingerprint, so to speak, on the Canadian golf landscape for the team like we were actually having this discussion today amongst uh bob adam and i on golf talk canada we were talking about you know if you had someone that you needed to make a putt i think it's pretty clear now that nick taylor is your guy especially if you're talking about team canada but even beyond team canada nick taylor would be in the conversation of you know someone you need a 16 footer in that particular moment uh he just seems to be so clutch and after that Canadian Open last year, coming through in the way he came through, on the size of the stage he had to uh, perform in. I mean, 70-year drought for our national championship for you know Canadian to come through, playing against Tommy Fleetwood, multiple playoff holes, and to be able to actually perform under... Likely the most stress, you know, Canadian golfer has, has felt in quite some time. I think what happens is the confidence just starts to flow. And I think you start to truly believe that the next time you're there, the next time you're in that situation, that, you know, the hole will open up, so to speak. And and you can start pouring those putts in. We saw it yesterday. Tremendous. And I said it this morning, and I'll say it again. I'll be absolutely shocked if this is Nick Taylor's only win of the season. I think he likely goes to Paris, represents Canada in the Olympics, likely makes the President's Cup team, and likely wins another golf tournament. Yeah, he is. He's playing exceptionally well. And, you know, and it's amazing what confidence will do, right? I think that victory at the, at the Canadian Open just, you know, what you come down, you believe in yourself. He even said, hey, I, wasn't, I didn't like how I was striking the ball in the first eight, nine holes today but then he found his game down the stretch and I, I, I'm a firm believer that you know winning like that at crunch time like especially for a Canadian to win that with all the pressure there 
it just, I think it does something to him. He's like, you know what? In crunch time, I'm confident I can find my game. And if you look at the, and I agree with you on the confidence, and if you look at the types of tournaments he's won and who he has taken down to do it. So Tommy Fleetwood of the Canadian Open, um, Phil Mickelson at Pebble Beach, uh, back when Phil was still Phil. Last year at the Waste Management, he beat John Rahm head to head and only lost to Scotty Scheffler finishing, you know, in the, in a second place position last year at the WM Phoenix Open. Yeah. So he almost did it last year here in Phoenix against a very good field. And then, of course, yesterday did it against Charlie Hoffman, Fagala, Scheffler, Burns. Uh, there were some big names pushing down the stretch. So I think you're right. These are tools for the tool chest. Weeding, uh, winning breeds winning. Confidence breeds winning. And now that he has kind of raised the level of, of, of event that he seems to now be able to uh, I call on his game in, and now he has access to these signature events, players' championship, the majors, etc. We, we know he's going to be playing in these high-level fields, and a lot of these high-level fields don't have full fields, right? Signature events. 70-some-odd players here in L.A. this week. Uh, there's a few more of those to go this year. Then, of course, the playoffs. We don't get full fields in the playoffs. So once you get to this level, it seems to be easier on occasion to stay at the level than it is to actually get here. Some of these guys that are fighting to get into these fields are very difficult. Nick's here, and Nick is going to be at all the big high-profile events throughout the year. And for, for that matter, most of the Canadian players are. But now with this victory, I mean, he has cemented himself for the season. Mark Zucchino joins us. Mark, um, the tournament itself, uh, you know what? Not the golf, but like the course. I, I get that, hey, they want to make it a unique tournament. And, and I think the 16th hole was very unique. And now they're trying to spread it across the whole course, it seems. And, you know, there's videos of golfers kind of getting into it, fans saying, you know, learn when to, to talk and when not to. And having to shut down alcohol sales because you got way too many people in then not allowing people in who even have tickets. Has, I was, I was looking it up and I think if my numbers are correct, on an average day at the U.S. Open, it's 75 to 100,000 people. And uh, they were averaging three hundred thousand. They were their plan was to get one point three million in four. Have, have they have they jumped the shark here? Is it has they, have they gone too big? And do they going to have to re, you know kind of rein it in a little bit? Oh, I, I think a thousand percent they've gone too far, too big, too much alcohol, too much golf's biggest party. You gotta you know you gotta be very careful what you ask for because you just might get it in life. And this is what they have marketed this event uh, on. It started to your point with the Coliseum Hole, and and that was great because it was you know it was con- pretty much contained to the 16th hole, and it was a very unique experience in the world of golf that we that we got to see one, you know once a year, and once a year was enough mm-hmm. by the way. So all these other PGA Tour events that have now looked at waste management and said, well maybe we need to do some of this, maybe we need to pull of this into our footprint. I mean, it's not for every tournament, and it certainly isn't for everybody. And when it, in a couple of years ago, when it started, I guess, spreading, for lack of a better uh, term, to other parts of the golf course, and now it just really wasn't the Coliseum hole, it was, you know, golf's biggest party. Yeah. It started to cross the line. And this year, it completely jumped the shark to your point. It leaped over the line. Wherever the line was, 
it got washed out in the sand. Um, too much alcohol, too many people, wrong marketing package, uh, wrong messaging to people attending. They're going to have to rein this back in. I don't know how you do it. Uh, I think, for one, you start with smaller crowds. Yes. Uh, you're right. Why not? What's wrong with 7,500,000? $7, if it's good enough for a national championship, why are we pushing at 300,000? It just seems awfully excessive. You're going to have to reduce the amount of alcohol window of, of when you're serving and who you're serving to. Um, and you're going to have to change some of your marketing and some of your messaging to people coming out here that don't even really know they're attending a golf tournament for that, for that matter. So uh, there's a lot of work to be done between now and next year. And I think next year, unless WM gets their signature series uh, stamp back, which they had last year but didn't have this year, if they're not a signature event next year, I would be shocked if we didn't see uh, some of the huge names that were there this time around uh, just not participate. Yeah. I think you're going to have players just walk away and say, forget it, this isn't for me. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question, right? Like, yeah, The players will just say, you know what, it's not worth it for some of us to come there. Well, and it, why, why would you, right? Why would you put yourself in that environment? Yeah, it's a, it was a, it's a great golf course, and it's been a great tournament over the years. But it's not a course that you you know changes your legacy. It's not a, no. a venue that tunes you up for something else. Like, you know, oh, I want to play the Scottish Open so I can be prepared next week for the Open Championship. You know, it's it's you're there for two reasons. This is not that. This is one week in the desert where you're typically playing golf in a dome, and you're just playing for some big bucks, and that's great, and that's what professional golf often is about. But it's not something you can't alter your schedule for and say, you know what, forget it. I think I'll go to Pebble, take a week off, and then uh, return in L.A. Yeah. Um, looking at the at the golf season now, you know, we're getting underway, and, you know, you've got the PGA, and you've got Liv, and, you you know, there's still some battles back and forth, and you, you cover it all, Mark. How do you, you know, how do you think this is going to affect golf for the next few seasons? You talk about, you know, some of the, uh, uh, the entries into, into the tournaments now. You know, it's not going to be as challenging as it was. How do you think that's ultimately going to, to in, uh, impact golf here over the next two, three, four, five years? I think they've, you know, they've got to figure this thing out. They've got to come to some type of agreement. I'm not 100% sold yet that that agreement's coming. I know the messaging that we have received. And what's public out there is that, you know, they're working on an agreement that will be announced before the Masters or by the Masters. Oh, okay. But if you listen to some of the players that are on, like, the advisory boards and, and player councils and things like that, some of them are saying, well, you know, I'm not so sure we need this deal anymore now that they've got all that Wall Street money invested into the tour. Some of them are also saying, you know, there's no way players are going to come back to our tour without without penalty, regardless of there being an agreement or not. So I still think they're a lot further apart uh, than what we realize. I also think there's probably only four or five people in a room that actually know what's going on and everybody else is just throwing darts at the wall guessing. Um, at the end of the day, I'll just kind of stick to what I've stuck with. There are no winners here at all, except for the, the guys who are already millionaires. So, you know, if, if you're a guy who makes a gazillion dollars playing golf, as, as for a living, well, you have made nothing but more money because of all this turmoil. Everybody else has lost. 
Um, the golf fans have lost because fields are not as good as they used to be. Uh, the TV partners and content partners have lost because they bought a product that they thought they were getting, and now they're getting a different product. They bought a split product. The PGA Tour keeps taking bullets. They took another one with John Rahm. And Liv never actually wins anything. Their wins just come in damaging the game of golf and PGA Tour. For everybody they sign and all the money they spend, they never get an, another eyeball, and they never get anybody to care or take them serious. So at the end of the day, this is just the rich stealing from the other rich. And sooner or later, you know, golf was in a really good place, and, and I hope golf fans stick through this and stay with this. Uh, and hopefully we land in a brighter place a year or so down the road because uh, it's been a while since uh, since there's been positive news, I think, on that front. Well, Mark, I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, we enjoy talking golf with you. We'll do it again soon. Have a great day. Thanks. Anytime. Take care. It's uh, Mark Zucchino from uh, Golf Talk Canada. It was, uh, it was, if you didn't see it, man, it was must-watch. Like it was unreal for Nick Taylor down the stretch, the last four holes and then the two playoff holes. And really, you know what? Uh, he led, he shot a 60 on the first day and uh, was in the, in the running, uh, in the hunt all the time. He actually had to come back from three strokes because uh, Hoffman had a ridiculous eagle to uh, suddenly gain a three stroke lead. But then uh, with four to go, uh, Nick Taylor battled back and uh, ultimately wins it on the second playoff hole. Birded the 18. So the, at that tournament, you, uh, you finish the 18, you're tied. Then you go back, play 18 again. They did. They both birdied it. Then they went and played it again. And uh, Taylor birdied it. And uh, Hoffman missed his par putt. And the rest is history. So uh, good for Nick Taylor. We'll come back. We have uh, five questions. Uh, then we got uh, Kevin Woodley coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Talking a little scouting report this week. Orders. And for some tough goaltending matchups. Uh, they're a little bit stagnant offensively. And now they're going to have to face Alex Lyon, who's playing great in Detroit. Bennington and Jay Gottinger. Look at that. Speck and more on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 4.47, Jason Gregor, the birthday boy, Connor Halley, here on Sports 14.40. Let's get to uh, Sank questions. That's uh, five questions brought to you by The Brick, where you can uh, get up to uh, $400 off all uh, big screen TVs and Local shipping, anybody who uh, orders a 50-inch TV or more, they will deliver it for you. Maybe you got the car, you don't, you, you know what? You need the big TV, you don't have the big vehicle. Well, they'll help you. Go to the brick and the brick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Greger, question number one. After the loss in Los Angeles, are you making any changes to the lineup or lines going forward? Well, yeah, Sam Gagne's coming back in. Now we know for a fact, and it makes sense. Yanmark hasn't scored in 27 games. You can talk all you want about good penalty killer and uh, not being on the ice for any goals against, but if you're never scoring anything, at some at some point, something's got to give. So uh, he comes out, Sam Gagne comes back in. Um, you know, he hasn't played a lot, right? That He missed some time due to injury. Now he's kind of been just uh, uh, biding, it, biding his time here and missed three games coming out of the break. So uh, he'll get back in, and uh, Gagne... Uh, so far this year, every time he's gotten in, he's uh, he's made his presence known offensively. So that's what they'll look for. The Gagne bump. Yeah, I think if I'm heading over to play Alberta, Gregor, I'm putting some money down on an any time point for Sam Gagne. Mm. Uh, just does what he has to do. Goes to the blue paint, buries it. I like that move. I hope a little spark for the oil. Question number two for you. Where do you think the odds are that the Chiefs three-peat next year? Well, pretty low, just because no one's ever done in the history of the game. Um, you know, Mahomes reworking his contract. That'll give him some flexibility. 
Uh, you know what? Like, I don't know. I can't give him that high percentage because it's never happened. I guess I'll give him 5% chance, which is way better considering no one's done it. So I'd love it to be higher, but I guess the odds tell us that it's pretty difficult to do. Yeah, it's uh, pretty low. I mean, I, I like the Chiefs. That ASC is just going to be so tough to get through with the quarterbacks in that division. And, I mean, geez, Jim Harbaugh, he's going to make it a juggernaut of Los Angeles Chargers. So I'll say 1% chance. Not bidding against him, though. Question number three, Gregor. If you're the Niners, are you fully on board with Brock Purdy at quarterback going forward? How can you not be? Like, all the guy's done is have your team very successful two years in a row. Like, it's not, not even a debate. Not even a debate. I tweeted once, Kirk Cousins to the Niners, just because I thought, man, a guy who could actually move the ball downfield a little bit better might be interesting to see. A little competition there. I never thought. I mean, as soon as it got to a tie game, I just had no confidence at all that Brock Purdy could outdo a Patrick Mahomes. Well, they marched all the way down the field, and you know what? I was a little surprised they didn't gamble on fourth down. Yeah. And so I don't blame the quarterback on that one. I blame that to me. And I I, I listened to his reasoning afterwards, but I'm like, come on. That, uh, like, Brock Purdy took advantage of what I thought was a questionable holding call. And uh, one where when it's second along, like I'd love to see that rule change. That should just be a five yard penalty in my thing, and it should still be third down. But whatever. Um, I know some will say, well, they do it all the time then, just to take five yards. Okay, maybe. But yeah. um, uh, either way, I, I didn't mind Brock Purdy's game yesterday at all. I thought, uh, uh, you know, Debo Samuel was clearly banged up. Right, he didn't. I didn't necessarily have the explosive breakaway speed, and and I like Brandon Ayuk's good, but I still think they need. You know, they don't have a Kelsey, right? Like Kelsey can just beat you whenever. Right, Brandon Ayuk can't do that. Jennings maybe is becoming that, but he's definitely not there yet. So, um, you know, and it's hard. It's even it's hard to do that unless you can, you know, find an elite receiver. That defensing holding play you're talking about, I feel like Chiefs fans are quiet about it because it was kind of similar to the play in last Super Bowl that we saw that it, that helped them. So I feel like they were like, we we can't be too mad about this one because yeah. the evidence will will bounce like, back. Like I get us. it, but I thought like in that game, I was just like, ooh, that's the call you're going to make at that point. <laughs> but hey, you know what? It uh, it ultimately didn't matter because they didn't uh, their defense bent but didn't break. The second they t- the Niners took the three points, it was over. I feel like Debo Samuel knew it. They showed him he was worried. He knew what Mahomes was about to do. We all knew it was going to happen. Uh, question number four, Nick Taylor. In honor of him and what he did yesterday, which Canadian golfer do you think will have the most wins on tour this year going forward? On the men's? Oh, I'm just saying open. Ooh, man. Brooke's pretty good. Um, that's a good question. Well, I would argue that the the LPJ might be more competitive now because the, the PJ is split in two. So it's going to be harder for Brooke. So I will say Nick Taylor. Yeah, I'm hoping for a bounce back here for Brooks. She only won one event last year, I believe, and uh, one or two, couple in 2022. So I'll say Brooke. I'll say she bounces back strong this year, uh, getting a little wiser with age. I, I like what she can do this year, but Nick Taylor, he's going to be someone to watch. Uh, just how cool and calm he was down the stretch there. Question number five, final question for you. How entertained were you by the halftime show yesterday on a scale of one to ten? Entertained? Entertained. Oh, right, eight and a half. I thought it was quite good. First of all, I forgot how good of a dancer Usher was. Like that guy had just like smooth moves, right? Smooth moves. You could tell he grew up. He's a huge Michael Jackson fan. He's still bringing out the glove all the time. Um, his, uh, his, his sleeveless, cause it's not a vest, but his sleeveless shirt, I thought was quite funny. And then when he ripped it off, I was chuckling, but, um, the, 
I thought that was good. Alicia Keys is an unbelievable singer. Um, Ludacris, I do not like Ludacris. There's just something about him. He's got some uh, pretty good cachet. I, I was quite entertained. I loved, honestly, like I love the roller skates. I thought that was a cool little mix. All right, guys are coming in. They're doing front forward 360s. I was like, okay, this is this is elevating and pretty nice. I was thoroughly entertained at uh, at an 8.5. I never felt like there was a real dead part in the show. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go quite as high as you. I'd probably be around a 7, 7.5. Uh, enjoyed Usher. Alicia Keys was fantastic. Knew she would be. Uh, we knew that Lil John and Ludacris were going to come out for Yeah, it just kind of had to happen. Ludo with the big fro, the old school fro. I like that. And Lil John being in the crowd to get everyone going. I enjoyed it. Uh, I saw some people negative, but well, of hey, course it's there's a free be some show. Some people negative, like it, we didn't pay anything extra for it. It was a free, entertaining concert. I thought they did a great job. No, the, the people when anybody's like Usher does know how to dance, I'm like seriously, <laughs> stop texting. You're an idiot. You're show, you just exposed yourself for a lack of intelligence. If you want to say you don't like him, fine. But when you claim he does know how to dance, you're an absolute lowest level of inte- intellectual form at that moment. On what you're talking about. You couldn't be less correct than that. And it, in this era, feel free to post a video of yourself dancing. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> that guy has unbelievable moves. Are you kidding me? You can not like Usher. That's fine. But to claim he can't dance, I'm like, what? Like, give me a break. Like, that guy, he was so good, he just makes it look smooth. Like, he just, like, it doesn't even look like he's moving. Uh, I was quite impressed by it. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good show. I don't like, I don't go there to critique every song they sing. That's, I don't know. That's just to me. I'm like, is it entertaining to me? Am I watching it saying, Hey, this is fun. I'm feeling good about myself. I'll tell you right now that halftime show was infinitely more entertaining than the first half. Not even close. The halftime show got the game going. I'll say that. I got some uh, spirit in the crowd, got the crowd going because there was not a lot to cheer about. I don't care. You can be the most diehard football fan ever. That first half was a dog's breakfast for football. There was not a lot of excitement. There was not a lot of high-level execution going on in the first half of that game. So, cons, I know you're a big NFL guy, but let's be honest. That was a... I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents... The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Dud first half. Oh, yeah, yeah. No credit to the defense. Well, you can give credit to the defense, but um, you know what? Just you look at the plays and the lack of extra, and I didn't like it. The defense was okay, but it wasn't like the quarterbacks were running for their life in every play. Yeah. Right? So I just, yeah, the first half was just meh. I was kind of feeling each other out a little bit, but it ended up, it ended up, hey, you know what? Good finish. Really good finish. But yeah, if you're a 49er fan, that stat, think about it. For 53 minutes, they shut them down. They didn't have any points. And then the Chiefs just took over. And it was game over in like seven minutes. 
ouch. That's why they're the champs, man. Um, two in a row. That salts them for sure. In the, you know, like the Cowboys won three in a row. The uh, Patriots each won three in a row. It's three and five uh, for the Chiefs, but they been to four out of five. Pretty impressive. So, you know, it's, it's obviously going to be monumentally difficult for Mahomes to catch Tom Brady. We all know that, right? Super hard. But the Chiefs, man, they look good. And when the season begins, Connor, the Chiefs will be the favorite. There's, there's, and unless they don't bring back any of their top guys, they're going to be the favorite to start. I don't care what the betting line is because the betting line, of course, they always put the betting line out right after, right? And it's San Fran, sure, but it's a betting line. They do the betting line is is not always based on who you think it's best, is which one's going to garner the most interest. The last two years, as the playoffs have started, Gregor, we've talked about our little preview, our predictions, and both times I've had that thought, who's going to beat Mahomes? When the game's going to be close, because yes. the playoffs are going to be close, who's better with the ball in his hands? He's the best. Not only passing, you, you can guard you know, downfield perfectly. He still rushed for 66 yards, and he's always mm-hmm. going to just, he's going to run half a yard past that first down marker, extend the ball, get out of bounds, and then get back to do his thing with Ian Andy Reid dialing up something amazing. So, 100%, no matter what happens, I think they're still the favorite. And if, if they can continue to remain healthy for the most part, uh, no reason they shouldn't be favorites once the playoffs start again next year. Yeah. Sucks for everybody else, but that's what makes it entertaining because you want to see if somebody can knock them off. Like, there'll be some other good teams for sure. But come uh, crunch time, like, is there one A? Do you think Lamar Jackson can beat him? Do you think Josh Allen can beat him? Like, who do you think can beat him? Especially that the Chiefs have a good defense. That's that's the thing that hasn't wasn't talked about all year long. The Chiefs defense was really, really good. And that helped. And that's why you know what? To me, best players should not be just about championships because good teams win championships. You can have a meh game as a quarterback and still win the championship because your defense plays great. So it's the advantage. Hey, Brady had it a few times. Mahomes yesterday, his defense kept him in that game till they, till they woke up and got going. Let's get to the uh, comment on a sports 1440 update brought to you by Booster Juice. Uh, do you want a free drink from Booster Juice today? It is their uh, giveaways every day in the month of February, the uh, name of the day promotion. And today on Monday, February 12th, if your name is James or Sadie, James or Sadie, go to Booster Juice. You get a free drink. Download the uh, Booster's Reward app and find out if you're next. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK.